property development simplified. And today, Elliot and Vijay are going to talk a little bit about Landtech, some of their products. Vijay's an engineering manager of one of the data teams. And we're going to talk about some of the complexity of millions of unstructured data sets and what some of the teams are actually doing with that data and how they're doing things. So stay with us for the duration of this. I think we've got quite a cool one coming up. VJ, how's things? How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Just uh, trying to trying to get myself through the heat of today. Yeah, I know. It's tough, isn't it? We're, we're what? Coming to the end of June. So, yeah, it is, pr- it is pretty nuts out there, or it has been pretty nuts out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's one of those things I struggle with heat. So uh, trying to make my way through it is, uh, is, a, is a daily challenge in the summer. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role uh, at Landtech and uh, I guess the start of your journey at, at Landtech and what that looks like. Yeah, okay. So um, so I joined Landtech uh, about a year and a half ago. I joined as a senior engineer. And um, I suppose my my focus recently in my career has been more, I suppose, back end of back end in the in the in the data space. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose I I started out in back end in, in my career, and then I moved and worked in various other places, front end and mobile. But then kind of really decided I like working in in data. Um, I suppose at Lantech, my my journey has been. Um, I started off as an individual contributor as a senior. Um, got to learn a lot about our existing data sets in the UK. Um, yeah. And, you know, I joined before we sort of started expanding out to um, to to, to uh, international. And I suppose it gave me a good grounding of land data, property data sets, how they, how they work in the UK, but also those kind of like those principles and patterns for how we expect and think land data will work you know globally um so i took on the lead role um for a couple of reasons i um i enjoy a combination of being technical but also managerial so you know a large part of the enjoyment in my work is um helping teams grow helping individuals grow in their career path but also helping teams with things like um, architecture and defining defining strategy as a team and, and and giving clarity and direction so that's been really enjoyable i get to balance both both aspects in in my role uh, i i kind of feel like i'm gonna go two feet into this one without meaning to but you spoke there about principles and patterns of land data and what that looks like globally and You've obviously caught my attention offline five, 10 minutes ago where we're talking about international expansion and the complexity with the UK land data might differ somewhere else. Are there principles and patterns that are pretty consistent throughout globally and how might that change as well? Yeah, um, this one's a a tricky one. I think that when you're working with specific data, of course, it varies depending on the region that you're in. Language varies, um, terminology varies. Um, True. So trying to find um, or even create 
the the one way that works for everyone is difficult and unlikely to succeed um you know it it's like trying to force everyone to learn um you know a specific language globally um yeah. it's it's not something that's going to going to work successfully but i think um there's a degree of flexibility in how we um i suppose model data that okay. allows us to i suppose respond to that level of di- diversity in in the data sets um so yeah you know i can go more into that um and you know how wh- what that looks like and how we're sort of approaching those those problems um, yeah if you if you if you want me to we we've got some parts on that later I did think I'd go two feet. So I'll take one foot back out. Um, help us understand a little bit about Landtech and a couple of the products within Landtech so that we can understand the business and, and what you guys and girls do on a daily basis. Yeah, sure. So I, mean, I suppose, you know, a bit of background on Landtech. It was it was formed by um, uh, two co-founders, Andrew Moist, who's, who was a software developer, um, and Johnny Britton, a former town planner, and you know they they were, you know, sort of, I suppose they kind of met on Twitter and wanted to solve this uh, this problem of, um, you know, they, they, like land data and, and property data and making it yep. useful to to develop on land. I think um, you know as a company we're we're we're, re- we're very large. We're one of the largest prop techs in the UK. Okay, um, and I think our products, uh, Land Insight. Land Enhance and Land Fund um, really, I suppose, demonstrate and kind of have have given us the grounding in the UK. Land Insights are our flagship, so um, I suppose it's um, really about helping land developers to source sites and assess those sites, and it's really about driving insights through through data and and having tools in the product that really allow. Our, our customers to utilize that data in their decision making yeah. um, so you know there's a lot of centralization of, of various data uh, you know who, who own who owns land what the what the the local authorities policy is around you know around those areas of land got you well, yeah um, and so you know utilizing that data plus the the end-to-end workflow for for a site a site being a, an area of developable land, um, yeah, you know, effectively, it gives a journey for for our for our land developers. Um, gives them that kind of single tool to manage that whole that whole process. Um, and land enhance is more, you know, it's kind of a, a, a an additional product that's very much around simplifying um, planning application approval. And so, you know, it does this by bringing lots of planning planning data, historic, current across the UK into into one place, making it very searchable. Um, and yeah, ultimately it helps um, customers to find information that will help them in in getting their own planning applications approved. Got you. Yeah. Th- thinking about your team, and we're going to touch on some of the engineering challenges in a second, uh, is your team driven towards all three of those products, you know, you building something that I guess uh, supplements those three products or are you isolated in a product vertical that supports one of those? Yeah, good question. So, so we don't, um, we don't 
in the data team aligned specifically to to products um it's so you know i think i suppose the way we structure our teams around data is um currently we structure around data domains so there'll be related data sets that kind of group uh, together and we yeah. have data teams that own the knowledge around that data we are trying to move away from that and i will actually get into that with when we talk about the platform yeah. the idea being that you know if if we have to have an engineering team know yeah. about data sets then actually when we scale that to thousands yeah um it starts becoming hard to scale and so we want to be able to we we actually as engineers want to be able to move away from that model of you know knowing about planning applications or knowing about policy data Got instead you. work on that platform that enables others to i suppose non-technical people to keep that data set the main knowledge in their heads got you yeah what what are some of the engineering challenges that come for some of your engineers actually trying to structure that data then our ultimate goal here is we want to be able to scale data sets and so naturally there's going to be trade-offs when we want to do something like that and i think when we when we think about data we have to think about it in terms of abstractions and so i think you know, it's a mistake for us to say, um, let's take each data set in its own right and model data around that specific data set. Mm-hmm. I think that doesn't scale well. It means you have to do that process for every data set. And so, yep. you know, for us, it's about thinking, the challenge is, is thinking about a particular set, I suppose, it's, it's about looking at, it's like, I suppose the challenge is looking holistically and all of our data and saying, how do we take this data and create a model that can capture this data flexibly? Um, And that's a challenge because I think, um, you know, historically, and I suppose engineers may perhaps naturally do this, it's to to get into the domain and start thinking about how do you match your code? How do you match data models to a specific domain? You know, so... For example, you know, do, you know, if I've got planning applications, how do I model planning applications in a in a data model? How okay. do I create APIs around planning applications? Um, now, it's not to say that we wouldn't do that. There are definitely cases where we need really specific modeling on on our data sets, but yeah. but it's not a sensible default because it doesn't allow us to scale. It, it means yeah. that we can't reuse that model. Um, whereas if we think more abstractly, um, you know, it allows us to say let's put let's model things more abstractly for example you know if we mo- if we model things as as land or areas yeah. of land with associated data against it yeah. that's better than saying oh well you know it's it's a property that has a planning application against it and yeah. that level of abstraction allows us to capture any kinds of data against that area of land and so that's how we you know that's how we want to think about things by default um yeah but also not force things into that approach where it really doesn't work for us got you i I can see the group now you've explained it the grouping or the the formatting of the data is really quite key yeah i mean the the data model i think is one of the central parts to making all of this scalable um i think the fewer data models you have and you can 
cap you you know the fewer you have and the, and the more you can reuse them to capture hundreds thousands of data sets yeah less work there is to do to get those data sets in 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 a world where you have a you know a generic a generic model that can handle multiple data sets you're really yep. there's inherent complexity in the data that you receive you know yep. someone's going to give you some data you've got to be able to say i've got my data on the left and i've got my model on the right and i've got to map the data across i think that's going to be there there's inherent complexity we can't we can't get past that but it makes it a lot easier if you can focus on that mapping without having to worry about creating a new model each time or even APIs over that data. You know, every time we add a data set, if we have to um, engineer a new data API um, for that data set, it creates a lot of creates a lot of engineering effort. Um, so yeah, you know, the that model enables all of this. If you have a if you have that data model that can capture multiple data sets, um, you can reuse that model, you can have a single API over that model yeah. that can, you know, um, present um, and make available lots of different kinds of data sets. Is, is this, is this a, a way of working or a model that you've introduced recently once you've learned a little bit more about the complexity of the data? Is it something that you've spotted as a team and thought, actually, we almost need to kind of re-engineer this because this is actually how the data is going to scale. It can't scale if we're so finite with some of our data models. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the answer to that is we we have evolved to it. Um, right. I, I think that um, we, we you know we're, we're pretty I suppose relatively we are quite young as a company, um, and you know a lot of our hires are reasonably new, and so we're all learning a lot about land data and how it works. I think. Um, we were, you know, we were recently we were recently challenged to incorporate a, a UK data set that you know was that had some 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 commercial priority, and I think that actually challenged us to think a little bit more and, and think about how we reuse some of the systems we have, or not necessarily reuse, but repurpose or refactor some of the systems we have, um, and that's the approach we took actually. So we, yeah. we 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 had an existing data set, we looked at the data model and said, you know what. If we just change some of the terminology around our data model, make yeah. it a little bit more abstract, so that it's less coupled to a specific data set, we start forming this sort of picture of an abstraction. And we, you know, we we did that with with what we had. So we we effectively refactored what we had. We incorporated a, a new data set into that model, and it serves and it's serving as a foundation now for um, international data sets as well. Um, we, you know, we're on a journey with this because we. We're still learning the 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 limits of that that decision, um, okay. and so it's really important to us that we, you know, we look at we continue to look at all data sets that we have or that could be coming up, yeah. and look at our model and say, is it going to work? How do we have to adapt and evolve that model to incorporate the data? But we also have to be willing to say, you know, we have certain data sets that come in that just don't fit this model, and we yeah. and, and to avoid complexity unnecessary risk we just we just have that separate and you know we do okay yeah, we develop separately for that um yeah nice I, th I think you covered off some of the limits there quite well that was going to be my next question is in what is some of the limitations of working that way 
your last point actually was probably the thought that came to my mind. Yeah, I think so, some of the limitations are that um, ultimately, ultimately, when you when you model data into one model, the model in general, um, certainly the, the the associated data against pieces of land, they they're they're relatively simple. Like it really is just you know there's a there's a there's a there's a key and then there's a value. Um, the moment you have sort of more complex data, where perhaps there's really complex relationships between certain bits of data um trying to model that into a key value store doesn't doesn't work so easily yeah so you know we we you know we we have to be able to say there's there's hard limits to the model and perhaps the complexity of this data the relationships that are needed between certain bits of data are just a step too far for trying to push it into into this model and so you know we have to we have to look at the the edges the boundaries of, of yep. that approach i suppose the the important thing is is that you know something like this could serve as an, a sensible default um that you know we can unlock value from data sooner by by using this simpler approach but then we can evolve and iterate if we find that the problem warrants its own data model warrants its yeah. own you know feature um in its entirety in, in our products um we can you know we can we can specialize specialize around those areas rather than i suppose doing that do it using that approach up front for everything yeah um, yeah i hope that hope that makes sense <laughs> no it does yeah. it does you've come up with quite a nice solution as well like i, th I think meshing the two bits together around the scale of the data i think this will play quite nicely with it but you've come up with a solution we wanted to talk about the the platform team that you've built and, and this the idea around the platform team was really to i think speed up the processing of, of some of the data coming into your platform uh, and i do want to talk on the other side of that as in that the scale of that data when you do go global and some of those expected challenges. But talk to us a little bit about the platform team, the, the idea of the platform team and what you do and why. Yeah, sure. So the, the data engineering team actually consists of um, a couple of sub-teams. And I suppose the we're going through the journey, as, as I mentioned earlier, where, you know, historically we've, we've we've been owners of uk data sets we've held all that knowledge in our head um and so you know we've been sort of data teams but we're trying to move to this data platform team and so our goals change from knowing about specific data sets uk or, or global data sets more into creating a reusable platform that um people like data analysts or even non-technical people can utilize so that they're they're empowered to incorporate data sets themselves. Um, and so I suppose our uh, how we structured this is very much in flux, but you know our current focus is is around how we source data into our platform. Yeah. Because you know we have um we have lots of different data formats, CSVs, you know, um, 
uh, more geospatial formats like shapefiles um, and you know putting those into our system so that they are they we can start making use of them requires us to have a reasonably flexible platform component that will um you know very easily be configured for for new data sets and so um that's kind of one piece it's what are those sort of connectors that yeah. we that we need to create so that we can fetch data from lots of places and so you know and it's more complex than just a file um we have data that's on websites might need scraping we might have ftp integrations we might yeah. have to get some data from apis it could vary it could grow i suppose the important thing is that you know we we're thinking about those connectors as platform pieces that can be reused rather than say writing a connector for each for each data set got you so you know we have a you know we have a, a team around that and they're very focused around that problem um, yeah and then we have a team you know who's who's focused more around the the transform of data so we've got some we've you know some data's landed in in our in our data lake and we need to we need to do the work of the left to right mapping so you know something's come in and it's got a, a bunch of fields and i've got my data model on the right yeah. and i need to map the left to the right and perhaps do other things in the middle we might derive some new data um uh we might do some data quality testing yeah you know that team is really responsible for defining the transform platform components so that's an interesting piece um you know it's about thinking about what those abstractions are around transforms so um you know we could we could sit there and we could write we could we could write custom transforms in in sql um yeah you know we could do that for every data set but what we really need to be doing as a platform team is saying well what are the what are the patterns for transforms you know what, what usually happens you know it's usually you know at a basic level it really is i've got a feel on the left and i need to map it to a a, a particularly named field in my in my model that's a very simple pattern it, it, it you know it doesn't require anything data set specific but bar, bar the actual configuration of what the field on the left is and what the field on the right is but it doesn't require necessarily engineering effort <laughs> it yeah. requires someone to know what that data means and define those mappings Got um, you. so that you know that's one aspect but there can be other things as well we might um we might enrich the data so for example we might get some land data and we might want to um call a service that will um give us the address for for that data and so we might have a component that will you know abstract that so um you know we would create a service that could take in take in some coordinates or some location and return back an address again very reusable um doesn't depend on on a on a particular data set so yeah i suppose you know the, the job there is to identify what those abstractions are and that's an incremental process we 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 do a couple of data sets we realize oh look there's clearly an abstraction here let's create a library that can or, or a service that could you know encapsulate that abstraction so that we can start using it on on multiple data sets so, uh, i was uh, i was going to say how, how are you going to configure you know uh, some of these global data sets that you're going to be gathering now that you're going global 
you know how, how you're actually going to configure that but i think it sounds as if you've kind of nailed that with centralizing some of the data using libraries with, with what you're talking about yeah i mean the the the, the configuration of this there, there's a kind of a pathway i suppose that we're thinking really so you know it sort of starts with that reuse and and making abstractions and libraries that that i suppose reduce the level of code needed to to be to be the simplest form and then i think you know the, the i think you know our, our natural progression is to is to configure in code you know we just separate out the 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 things that are more library specific from yeah. the things that are just configuration for a specific data set that's useful because it means that um as engineers because that configuration is close to code and still in our world we can really yeah. drive out those abstractions and prove that they work before we start handing out that configuration beyond uh beyond the engineering team so the next progression really you know beyond doing things in code is trying to get um data analysts to take on that kind of configuration and so you know they might we might make things configurable through configuration files um that can be you know uh that can just be checked into into source control um again it doesn't require requires a degree of technical knowledge around sql maybe a bit of git knowledge but it doesn't require deep engineering skills got you you know, then we can progress beyond that, right? We can think about how that configuration can be driven from from UIs, perhaps. Um, but ultimately, what we've done is we've, you know, we've set the base for uh, a configuration API, and and how that configuration is driven, whether it's through some files or whether through an a through a UI, we can evolve to that by by building on the the foundations that we we create at each stage. So yeah, that's that's the approach we're taking. You know, we we don't want to jump into go and make all of this configurable in a Fine. UI. Um, we have to be able to, we have to be able to learn, and that's yeah. that's the value we'll provide as engineers to to learn how best to structure these abstractions, um, and then we have to be able to, um, really, I suppose we have to be able to unlock value sooner. Um, yeah, you know, if we if we're trying to build a fancy configuration UI. Um, when we could just be having some configuration through a text file, it's a lot cheaper to to go to start there, learn yeah. through that mechanism, and then evolve to um, more more complex, um, more complex ways of configuring our 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 processing. That makes sense. Can you give us a little bit of an indication as to uh, the the platform technologies and and the makeup of of what you've built it'd be really good to try and understand that but also you know the why you've used certain technologies and how you've used them yeah there's quite a lot to go through here but i'll start somewhere so i suppose our 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 central store of data is is our data warehouse which which we've used redshift for the reasons for having that central warehouse are 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 actually beyond just the need for scaling data sets we 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 want to be able to have that redshift data warehouse for for lots of analytical reasons as well um and so it's a very strategic piece the reason we picked redshift is that um redshift is the closest um data warehousing technology yeah to to postgres 
and Postgres has really high maturity for storing geospatial data. And so um, it was, you know, there's lots of factors obviously to Redshift, but um, that's a key one. It, it supports geospatial data. It has high maturity in supporting geospatial data. And that's a big part of what we do with with our data. Um, yeah. There's lots of things as well, like, you know, it, it's far more approachable for a team that has, that has already has already been using Postgres. Um, and so, yeah, Redshift has been a recent addition, but it's been, you know, it's been, it's been sort of easier to adopt and accommodate because it's closer to Postgres, which is where we started. Um, so that's the, you know, that's the, the data store. I think um, in terms of how we define our transforms, we use DBT. Um, DBT is effectively, um, it's kind of, I suppose the way I like to see it is it's an extension on SQL. Um, it allows you to um, organize SQL around uh, around the data, but it also allows you to do a lot a lot of reuse, and it sort of creates allows you to create those sort of frameworks and libraries so that you can you can almost um, reuse snippets of SQL nice. in various places, which is key for us because you know um, we have to be able to say. Um, much like we you could do in, in in ordinary code like Python, we'd have to be able to say we notice an abstraction in in our in our SQL processing that we could apply to lots of data sets. Let's let's put that in a library or a package that we can reuse in in lots of SQL code. Yeah. So it's a very key enabler in in in, in the platform. Um, it's also really like I think um, you know it, it's a tool that's used by a lot of data analysts. So. Um, you know, from a hiring perspective, um, you know, it's it, we're seeing a lot of um, enthusiasm around yeah. a tool like DBT, and so good. You know, it's 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 very much, quick, yeah. it's cool. Very much in line with yeah, kind of hiring that that skill set around data analysis. Um, we use Python as our language of choice in in the data side. The apps teams use TypeScript, Makes but sense. for us, um, it's very much Python focused because, well, you know. The data world is Python. There's lots of support. Um, yeah. There's lots of frameworks that you know that that are built in Python. Yeah. So I've covered. So I've covered language, database, um, SQL. We use uh, a tool called Prefect for 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 our batch orchestration pipelines. Um, I don't know if you know much about Prefect, but Prefect is similar to a tool called Airflow. Um, it's just a yeah. It's just a directed graph of processing steps for, for data. Um, we, we're not coupled to the, some of these choices. We, you know, we realize that, um, when, when, and if our use cases increase in complexity, we might not want to have a single back batch orchestration pipeline. We might actually want to go to a more kind of event driven architecture. Nice. So for example, you know, if like one of our, one of our processing pipelines is, so complex that it requires three teams to work on we yeah. may not have a pipeline that all three teams work on we might you know we might just have events that are triggered to various teams who then continue continue their stage of the processing so yeah you know we have a, a, a vision around how that processing can evolve um the prefect is really simple at this point like it adds a lot of value for us right now it gives you a visual single location to check 
some data processing, its progress, where things have failed. It centralizes logging and monitoring around yeah. all of that stuff. So it's a really nice place to start and it's and it's provided a lot of value for us in that regard. Love it. Um, yeah, and you know, I think around the edges, you know, a lot of our infrastructure is AWS. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's. I suppose you know, there's 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 lots of choices there, but historically, we started on AWS, and you know, it, it has lots of mature services. Um, you know, S3 for data, data laking, Redshift, as, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so you know, that's kind of something we're sticking with and and not trying to move away from. Love it. Yeah. Good. Um. Do you, do you think you're ready for the global tackle? Um, I think the global tackle is going to be um, a journey for sure. I think it's challenging us to think about how we make things easier. Um, yeah. But also, we you know we are far away from it. Um, we are trying to you know push out to um, to to new countries right now. I know we have roadmaps for you know get, getting out to new countries in the next few months, and so we have to be able to make sensible trade offs in the areas of the platform yeah. that we do alongside that process. Um, there'll be things that won't be perfect, you know, in terms in terms of platform before yeah. we have to reach those those uh, commercial goals. Um, but equally, there'll be areas and small wins that we can we can move towards as part of that work. Um, and you know, and and I think it's important because I think it's it's starting to get it starting to get us all to realize the need for making this a bit easier. Um, yeah. But you know, I can't lie and say that this is going to be easy. There's a yeah. long journey there. There's lots of learnings. There's probably some mistakes we'll made that we'll have to correct and you know iterate on. Um, but I think that's okay because I think you know the the general direction is is correct. The key thing is that we we. We spot those um, really like high value, low effort things that yeah. that work for our current context. So you yeah. know, like we're you know we're we're seeing some some obvious things. Um, well, actually, you know the, the generic data model things have have come about through our international expansion. It's being applied to um, a, a, a certain group of data sets already. Um, nice, but you know, and I think. And then, then there's more than that, you know, there's, we're starting to realize that, um, you know, for us, so for my team, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to roll out to these, these new regions yeah. and we're starting to realize, you know, there's, there could be hundreds of these regions in already in the next couple of months. And so we're starting to challenge ourselves and say, well, you know, do we want to be sitting there and, and writing these things for, for each yeah. city or yeah. do we actually want to be setting in? some framework even if it's minimal makes sense just to make that process a bit easier when we get to it um and so yeah that that's what it's about it's about saying what you know what's where are we what's going to challenge us soon and what are the the simple things that we could do now that's going to make that a bit easier and we just keep Love continually it. doing that and then you know the, the platform evolves and, and and matures over time love it love it good what well, Tell us a little bit about your teams and how you set them up for success. Lastly, I'd I'd be quite keen to know that. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, for, for, I suppose you know I can talk from a from an engineering perspective. So, 
you know, we have a, a, a divide in, in the engineering between apps and data. Um, the reason for that, ho- hopefully I kind of hinted on it earlier, um, you know, both sides of that, I suppose that divide um, are trying to do their own platforming. Um, so, you know, I've talked a lot about data platforming, but there is an app side platform as well. And so by having those centralized teams, it, it, it essentially allows a community of teams or people to work around that that problem together. Um, however, you know, it's not that simple, of course, because, you know, we're, we're in this position where we're, we're still building a platform. There's a lot of knowledge that needs to reside in the engineering teams around. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to we have to be able to cross collaborate, not just with other data teams who are in the same department, but also with app teams who are, you know, who are, who are working on, on the same data sets. Um, so we're in this sort of murky world right now where we have to work with apps teams and data teams. Um, yeah. But we manage that and we, we, we align together to, to, to kind of get things done on the platform side, but also on the, the data product delivery side. Um, in terms of, I suppose, in terms of structure, you know, I think um, our, our our data teams are con- consist mostly of data engineers with a data product manager. Um, okay, we have uh, we have data analysts who work very closely with us, who you know are very much um, the the experts on the data sets. They're they're involved in the data journey right from the beginning, understanding yep. its, uh, you know, understanding if data quality is up to scratch, whether we can actually make use of that data. Got you. Um, you know, as a data team, we we don't have a designer. We don't have, um, you know, UI products that we build. Yeah. But on the app side, you know, we do have sim- similar structured teams with software engineers, product managers, but also, you know, UX and, and design roles as well. Um, yeah, I think um, in terms of, you know, like our general culture, we have a good degree of autonomy in teams. So... Teams are, you know, teams are allowed to decide their own process, um, you know, define what works for them. Um, obviously, we have sort of, I suppose, bigger en- engineering ways of doing things. You know, we, we, you know, we want we want teams to be um, delivering, you know, yeah. continuously, iteratively. So that applies to any team. But in terms of the specific processes of that team, it's really up for for them to decide how the, how they want to do it. Um, there are some limits, of course, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, we don't want sort of tech proliferation. Yeah. Um, so it's important that we, we align more globally across the engineering teams on the tech choices and ensuring that if we are proposing changes in tech that, you know, we, we get really wide alignment and consensus on, on those kinds yeah, of things. Good. So good. Certain things happen, you know, more, more globally. Certain things, teams are, are, are free and autonomous to to decide themselves. Yeah, I think a, a nice balance between the two sets you in good stead, uh, especially nowadays, I think, as well. Pe- people do want autonomy around, you know, what's, what's going to directly impact them on a day-to-day basis. You need that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I think you know culturally the the, the teams are, um, you know, we're, regardless of the engineering team, you know, we're 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 really focused on regular delivery, CI/CD, you know, automating nice. that whole that whole process. Um, collaboration is 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 huge. I, you know, I touched on it. We work with 
we work with other data teams, we work with apps teams, we work with a variety of roles. Um, and no, no one sort of isolate from that, you know, every engineer, whether junior or senior is involved in forums where they're working with um, product management roles, analyst roles, uh, working with other engineers and other teams. Um, so collaboration is re really a big part of what we do. You know, we do, we, we pair program often. Um, nice. You know, we, we collaborate widely, but also, you know, um, we're being challenged to collaborate asynchronously quite a lot as a, as a, as a remote team, nice. you know, we're having to think about how do we, you know, how do we move from just jump on a call to you know, how can we, how can we present information, um, so that people can process it, you know, without synchronous comms. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Communication is another big part of, you know, how, how we make things successful. We just ensure that we communicate clearly, concisely give context and, you know, structure our comms use multiple channels. It's those sorts of principles that I think sets us up for, for success. Yeah. That's critical. Yeah. That that's critical as well. The multiple channels, the multiple channels, I think is really key. Yeah. Um, you've really well, sorry, you've done really well, at unpicking some of the challenges or if not or all of the challenges that you face now, or you're about to face, in and around you know platform and data teams it'd be good to understand uh land tech as a collective what you're hiring for at the moment because as always with us at engineers people listen um, people want to get involved it is a community they do want to go and apply to some of these organizations that talk about some of what they're building that's part and parcel of what we do so help us understand a little bit more about what the teams are hiring for on a wider scale. We don't need to go into necessarily like deep granular detail, but just high level what the teams might be looking for at this moment in time at Lantech. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we, you know, we're, we're, we're hiring for lots of different kinds of roles, whether it's engineering product. Um, so, you know, and I think, coming up we'll definitely be hiring around more data roles nice analysts and um you know da data experts um and and you know data product managers as well so i think yeah we, we tend to hire very broadly i think um we have ebbs and flows in the roles that we hire for sure yeah um and so you know there are times where we're hiring for pretty much every role in, in one go um, and then there are times where, you know, there are more kind of gaps that we need to fill. And so that does change. And, you know, I've noticed since I've, I've been at Lantech, um, the hiring rate has, has ebbed and flowed quite often. You know, when yeah. you're talking, you know, a couple of years, we have lots of hiring and a couple of years we don't. Um, usually it's kind of a few weeks or months off and then kind of back into into hiring. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think anyone who's, who is looking, I, I encourage them to look at, the roles that we have currently but also just reach out um because you know um things like geospatial background <laughs> um, yeah knowledge of doing things that i've described like abstractions in data platforms um they're going to be things that are going to really stand out as as like experience that's going to help us drive us forward um 
so you know i always encourage people who who are interested in that have experience in that to to reach out anyway regardless of the the roles that we have advertised on our, on our page yeah. uh, i encourage it as well uh, i think uh, i think you you guys sound as if you're a real smart real reflective bunch um who are building something really quite cool Re- really quite cool that you know pre our calls i didn't imagine get involved or everyone listening getting involved and, and come and have a look at who land tech are and some of the products that they're building they're cool they are really cool vj for the last 45 minutes you know you've really carefully um uh, unpicked what you guys and girls are doing and, and shared some great insights and and why you're doing things uh, i'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where you guys and girls are in some months, you know, even over a 12 month period. So I want to say a big thanks. And uh, I want to say for everyone listening, um, like always, come and check these guys and girls out. Check VJ out and like, share, subscribe and show the people around you what Landtech are doing. And you know, a big round of applause and, and big thanks to you, VJ, for coming to talk to us. Yeah, it's great. It's my, my pleasure. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.